Do we believe? Yes, we believe. Father, thank you for those truths that are from Scripture. Thank you so much that they're settled. No question about them. In your mind, and we know for our world, yeah, there's questions. I pray they would come to that point that they would understand this is the truth. Help us to live it out well so they would see it in us. And thank you for being faithful to your truths. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Love that anthem. That is so, so, so good. All right. I love you. Oh, so uh, I'm going to miss that next Sunday because I won't be with you. We're going on vacation. I love you so much I'm going on vacation. <laughs> Well, it is important and valuable, you know that. Um, uh, so, uh, Alicia and I will be heading to Gulf Shores, Alabama on uh, Tuesday, and we're meeting a friend there. I helped him come to Christ um, back in high school as we played basketball together, and, uh, um, well, he played more basketball than I did. I sat on the bench the whole time, but anyway, we practiced together, and a great friend, he's been a pastor, a chaplain, a teacher. And he's very kind to invite us to be a part of their vacation. And so uh, we're looking forward to that. Uh, he already sent me a picture, said they're there, showed me a picture of the beach. Condo we stay in is right on the beach. And so uh, looking forward to being there with them, Gary Taylor, Melody. And uh, thank you so much for vacation. Thank you so much for providing it. Very, very kind of you to do that. And uh, grateful, grateful for, for it. So thank you. We'll, we'll be back. And, couple years. So, uh, uh, all right, here we go. Proverbs. How's your Proverbs reading going? Anybody read it this week? You go, raise your hand. Go ahead. Did you read it this week? Some of you forgot. Okay. Every day, read a chapter a day. God's going to show you things that just, again, it's going to blow your mind as you read it. I'll share some of those things today as I read chapter 16 today, right? Yep, it's the 16th. Uh, I read that this morning. And, uh, man, so just keep going. I got some stories to tell you. Share your stories of how God's bringing wisdom and Proverbs into your mind as you're seeing it out there. I've got a few of those of my own and uh, grateful for that. So um, here's what happened to me. So Wednesday, um, came home from the Colorado Baptist annual meeting in Copper Mountain. Had a great, great meeting. Uh, about 250 of us that are part of our churches, our 350 churches, all throughout Colorado, gather together. Um, you can go to that. We'd love to have you go. Next year it's in Arvada. Uh, the next year in Colorado Springs. Uh, great preaching, great worship takes place. We do a little bit of business. There's really not a lot. But um, it's just a wonderful, wonderful time. Johnny Dasher from our church, one of our elders, was with me. And we had a great time together being able to meet our friends and be a part of their lives again. So when I come home on Wednesday, this is what I see on top of the, the mail pile that I need to look through. Okay, God, something about Proverbs right there, right? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and understanding. Okay, Lord, I'm still in Proverbs. I get it. It's right here. Here's the bookmark, Moody Bible Institute, where I did my undergraduate work. Just like that. Now, God's doing the same thing for you. Share those with me. Keep sharing them with me. Love to hear those stories, how that wisdom and Proverbs... God brings it to your mind through various things like this, like maybe a, a, a story you hear on the radio or a, a, a verse that you read that reminds you of that. I had a couple others that 
they uh, emailed me some things today, so or through the week. But the fear of the Lord is beginning wisdom. Fools despise wisdom and instruction or knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Well, we want to be a wise guy, right? A wise gal. One who's skilled and expert in godly living. That's what Solomon's trying to get across to his son and to us today. We want to be skilled at it. We want to be experts at it. Not just getting by. But this is what God wants to do in our lives. So keep bringing those stories to me. I so much appreciate them. As we look at Proverbs chapter 3 today, you probably already got it uh, scaled in for yourself there in your Bible or uh, through the tablet phone that you got ahead of you there. Uh, these are some of the titles that I came across uh, for this chapter. Trust in the Lord, and you'll see these, these themes as we go through the book. The Lord's discipline, wisdom's worth, wisdom in creation. That's where Greg Cole will be next Sunday as he shares together, as he gives the word to you, talking about wisdom in creation, wisdom's rest, and also love your neighbor. So those are some of the themes that we're going to see as you go through Proverbs 3. We're only going to go through verse 18 uh, this morning, and then Greg will follow up with verses 18 and 19, 19 and 20. And so we look forward to that. Thank you, Greg, for your willingness to share the word with us and be a part of our lives. So Chuck Swindoll said this. Let me get the next slide up here. I thought this was great. Somebody sent this to me a few weeks ago. Now, the book of Proverbs is about living wise, wisely, written for those of us who often don't have a clue. <laughs> that just sounds just like Chuck Swindoll, Pastor Chuck Swindoll. If you hear him, you can hear his big, deep laugh that he has as he gives that opportunity. I've had to see him in person and hear him on the radio. But I thought that's so good. It, it's, it's written for those of us who oftentimes don't know what to do, right? We're just stupid. And that's got so much here for it. Lots of good stuff in here, as I shared with you a couple weeks ago. Somebody wrote that to me. And there's lots of good stuff in here. So here's Proverbs chapter 3, as we look at it this morning. My son, don't forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace, they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart, so you'll find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce, and your barns will be filled to plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. My son, don't despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father the son in whom he delights. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than grain, gain from silver, and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her, those who call her 
Those who hold her fast are called blessed. Father, this is your word, what you've given to us and for today and for the days to follow, but specifically for us today in Proverbs 3. Bring it to light in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. You're going to see some kind of main points, some commands that are going to stand out. I've kind of put them into my own words for us this morning. The first is, as we look at this, he says this, don't forget my commandments, but rather do what? You're not supposed to forget. What are you supposed to do with them? Keep them, right? You're supposed to make them a part of your life, right? Don't forget them. He says, my son, don't forget these things that I'm teaching you. And we see this as God's word. But rather, keep these commandments. Make them a part of your life. This, this urgent plea, my son, as he gives to it. We said it's 22 times in this book. It's in chapter 1, verse 8. 2, 1, 3, 1, 3, 11, 3, 21. 4-1, Notice how, as he begins, especially in these first chapters, he uses that phrase to get our attention, to say, this is important, this is valuable. I need you to listen up and make it a part of your life. Don't forget my teaching, he says. As I was thinking about that, oh, how easy it is to be forgetful. Anybody have a problem with that? <laughs> Oh, how easy, or oh, how easy it is to remember what's not really important. <laughs> Isn't that funny? We can forget the things that are really important sometimes, and then we remember the things like, why do I need to remember that fact? That's crazy. I don't need that fact in my head. Or how hard it is to forget those times when we've been forgetful. You ever beat yourself over that? I can't believe it. I walked into the room and I was looking for this. And all of a sudden, I can't remember what I'm looking for, so therefore I won't be able to find it, right? Then about 30 minutes later, what happens? Oh, yeah, that's why I walked into the room. Oh, that's why I was over here. We know how that is. It's just so easy to be forgetful. I had one of those if I only had a brain day last Tuesday. <laughs> that's in Scarecrow and Wizard of the Oz, right? If I only had a brain. Um, started off by I lost my keys in the morning couldn't find him in my room at the hotel. I got about 20 minutes to get to the hotel. I'm on a timetable because I'm supposed to make an announcement at 9 o'clock in the morning. It's 8 o'clock, getting ready to go. I'm going to go early, go see some people I need to see, and I can't find my keys. And everybody happened to anybody? Well, what happened to me might not have happened to you. My roommate, Johnny Dasher, took my keys. <laughs> nice guy that he is. I'm looking all over. Finally, I, I did pretty good. I didn't get too upset at myself like I normally would. And finally, it's like, I wonder if Johnny took my keys because he already took off. Text him. Yeah, I got them in my pocket. I'll be back. By the time he gets back, it's 8.35. I now have 25 minutes to get there. And I've got to go about, it takes about 20 minutes to get there. He tells me wisely. He says, there's a state patrolman between the two exits between Frisco, just so you know, because he knows I'm going to be driving fast. So I drove 65 until I got past him. <laughs> and then I did, uh, I did sin. I did sin. I went over the speed limit to get there. I got there with three minutes to go. I run in, and they tell me, well, it won't be till 930. <laughs> oh, well, I made it. So, uh, so I made that announcement, and I kind of bungled it all up. 
And then I'm supposed to make an announcement at 1.30. I'm on the credentials committee. We have to tell how many messengers are there, how many people can actually vote. So I'm supposed to do that. So I go to a, a luncheon for the North American Mission Board, walk back. It's about a, about a block away. I walk back, and I walk back on the lower level where the exhibit hall is. International Mission Board's there, NAM's there, Send Relief. A lot of my friends, Guidestone, are there. So I just hop nobbing around, walking, talking with people and everything. I walk upstairs. The doors to the convention area are shut. And I walk in, and my friend Nate Templin, who's the head of our association here, says to me, they're looking for you. And then it dawns on me. I was supposed to be here at 1.30 to make an announcement. I go up front. I sit down by Johnny. Johnny says, they're looking for you. <laughs> I don't know how they handled it, but I messed up. And then we go to dinner because you have to. there was only one restaurant open in Copper Mountain. You had to go to Frisco to eat. So we go down there, meeting with Greg Duke from Aberdeen Baptist Church here, and Johnny were eating. I show him a message on my phone. We get back to the convention center, talking, having fun, and I, I go like this. I left my phone at the restaurant. Oh, my goodness. So I put my coat back on, start walking out, and pretty soon I feel something jiggling in my front pocket here. Yeah, it was my phone. Uh-huh. If I only had a brain, all right? And with God's word, don't forget it, my son. Don't forget it. Keep it. Obey it. Submit to it, my son. My friend, Scott, here's his word. Make sure you do it. Now, this request to keep the Lord's command is found throughout the book of Proverbs. I'll just give you two places. It's found in two one. We looked at that last week. Treasure up my commands. Make them important. They're valuable. Put them as a part of your life. 4-4, four, four, chapter 4-4. Four, four. Let, let your heart hold fast to my words. Keep my commandments and live. See, when we remember the Lord's commandments, obviously, we'll have a much better chance of obeying and keeping the Lord's commandments. Might that be why I'm exhorting you to read the book of Proverbs every day? So that you read them, they're a part of your life, they get into your heart, they get into your mind, so that you can apply them and you can follow what God has for us here. You've heard me say this before, and other pastors have said it before, seven days without the word makes one week. <laughs> W-E-A-K. Yeah, it does make one week, but it will make you weak. We could probably say this. Out of sight, out of mind. In sight, in the mind. Take the time, my friend, every day to read God's Word. Now, if you read something other in Proverbs, it's all right, too, okay? Because I do, too. So a friend came by on Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon, got back, saw that 1-7 bookmark at home. I come here, friend stops by, attends here. He loved me to share this story. He, he had, had invited a friend to church, and this friend finally came last Sunday with me. He was so excited about that. His friend needed a Bible. So Pastor Elisha worked on letting him have a Bible. We, we let people take these Bibles that are in the chairs because nobody reads them during the week. 
And we take them. Take them. You need a Bible, man? Take that Bible. We want you to read it. His friend reads Proverbs because he heard the pastor talk about it. And he, then he goes and he asks the, the friend that had invited him, said, have you read Proverbs yet? And that got our friend who comes here reading the book of Proverbs. He said, oh, I've had my Bible on my nightstand right there by my nightstand for years. Just hadn't picked it up. But it got me reading. Yes. Yes. Whatever it takes, right? So excited about that for him. Starting to pick up his word to put it into his mind and into his heart. Well, that's the first command. There's the next one in chapter three, at verse 3. You'll see they're, they're kind of, you know, like 1, 3, 5, 7, 9, and 11. These commands that are there for us. And the next one is obviously don't forsake, but stay faithful to the love of God. Got this email on Tuesday from somebody here in our church. Said this, after my Bible reading tonight, I pulled out the biblical virtues for kids. This prayer guide that I've been encouraging to pick up. It's in the information rack out there by the Cobra. After my Bible reading tonight, I pulled out the biblical virtues for your kids. Today's verse was Proverbs 3, 3. <laughs> Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you'll find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. There's somebody praying this for kiddos and says, Oh, that's what we're talking about. And we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 3. That's our next step. And that's the verse, day 11, that love and faithfulness always be around your neck. Let them be on display so that you can see and others can see that, that you're following Jesus Christ. Never leave the Lord is what the, the picture is. Never leave the Lord. You've, you've got His love. You've got His faithfulness. It's around you. It's shown on you. Don't ever take that off. And somebody recognize that. I encourage you. Today, you prayed for your, I prayed for my kiddos, my grandkids, my kids, that they be peace-loving. 16. Father, let my children make every effort to do what leads to peace. It's a great way to pray for your kids. They're back there. Top rack. Second, second one over from the left. You can grab this and pray for your kids and grandkids to do that. You'll see that, that verse 3 has much the same to say about as verse 1, where verse 1 says, don't forget my teaching. This says, don't forsake it. Right? And then keep it. Make it a part of your life, just like you're keeping His commandments. Keep His love. Keep His faithfulness a part of your life that you would never, ever leave the Lord. It's a little bit, I think you picture that a little bit like wearing a wedding ring. Well, first of all, it says I'm taken. Right? But it's a remembrance to you and to me that this is the person I'm married to and I love and I care they're part of my life. I think the same sense is there. Keep love and faithfulness bound around your neck. That you're part of His family. And that He loves you. And He'll be faithful to you. And He's asking you, do the same. Stay in my love. Stay in my faithfulness. Don't get away from it. Remember we said last week, the natural movement of man is to drift. We 
I'll know it. And he said, don't drift. Stay right here with me. That's why we sing songs like, we believe. I believe in God the Father. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in the Holy Spirit. And he's given us new life. Why do we sing that? So that we would not forget who he is and what he's done for us. We believe this. We're declaring it. So that we wouldn't forget about his love and his faithfulness and who he is in our lives. We go on. Verse 5. Verse 1, verse 3, verse 5. Don't lean on your own understanding, but trust in the Lord. Possibly, what? The most famous verse in Proverbs. You probably can say it with me. Trust in the Lord with what? And don't lean on your own in all your ways. And he shall direct your paths, make your paths straight, straighten your paths. Different ways they end up that fourth little portion such an important thing. Three commands, and they're obviously trust in the Lord. When I was in a seminary, Denver Seminary, uh, this has been 1987, my first class was Hebrew. One of the reasons I didn't go to seminary, I had to get out of Bible college because I didn't want to take the languages. The first class I get is Hebrew. Monday morning, 7.30 in the morning, starts off. I'm on Monday block, two classes all day Monday. Oh, I thought, man, this is going to be a killer. And the professor was very kind. He said, you're all adults. I could kill you in every quiz. I'm not going to do that. We're going to enjoy studying Hebrew. So we had to do a word study. You know, write one of those, you know, 15, 20-page papers or something like that. I don't know. It seemed like it was that long. And I took the word trust because I wanted to see if there's something special that I didn't understand about the word trust in the Hebrew. And what I found out, it simply means trust. <laughs> Did all that work? To believe, to rely, to embrace, to love. It just has that meaning to it. That's what it communicates. Trust in the Lord. Put yourself into His hands. Stay there. That's what He calls us to do. And not to, in contrast... Proverbs is a book of contrasts. This is what we should do. This is what we shouldn't do. Don't walk in your own ways. Don't lean on your own understanding. How easy it is to do. Well, I can figure this out, Lord. I, I got it at hand. I got it going in my life. You know, I can figure it out. And God said, no, no, no. Trust in me. Go to me. Seek me. And don't lean on your own understanding. You, you've got good understanding. Well, some people don't. Some people don't even have common sense, unfortunately. <laughs> Trust in me. Stay here. Stay right with me. I'll guide you. I will help you. The heart, you know, is, is a metaphor, a picture of our reliance on Him. And it's a picture of our, our will and our emotion and, and, and our intellect. Everything come together. It's, it, what, it's what makes us human. As a human, it makes us human, our heart and who we are inside and in our character. And, and I think this sense of trust in the Lord with all your heart is, is much like the great commandment, right? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. 
saying the same thing, just different words as he pictures it for us. That this trust is with all our heart, everything we've got. Love God with everything you've got. It's what he calls us to. We don't lean on our own understanding. You see, the he, capital H, needs to be greater than the me. He needs to be greater than me. That's what he's calling us to do. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Obey him, submit to him. In all our actions, in all our deliberations, our thoughts, we submit to the Lord because God's way is the only way. It's the way that he knows is best for us and we just follow that, how it will protect us and our help help us along. Here's another story that somebody gave to me this past week. Emailed it to me on Monday. Hi there. I wanted to share a very proud mom moment with you. My daughter read three chapters of Proverbs. Daughter's probably eight to ten, somewhere in there. My daughter read three chapters of Proverbs during the service yesterday morning. Imagine that. That's so good. Go, read it. There's there's an eight, ten-year-old reading the Word of God. They read, this gal read three chapters. She and her brother read for 20 minutes every day at home. And today, she chose to continue reading Proverbs for her 20 minutes. She has trust in the Lord with all your heart highlighted. And tells me, Mr. David, speaking David Payline here, is going to read that next Sunday, because it's his favorite verse. Then she goes, Woohoo! I'm on chapter 4. I'm going to beat all those adults at church. (laughs) Just when you think, she says, finishes, just when you think they're not paying attention. Well, I got a feeling some of you didn't raise your hand. I think she did beat some of you adults last week. She's so excited about reading God's Word. A, a young child is excited about reading God's Word. Okay, even if it takes beating all the adults, whatever it takes to get you into the Word, right? How exciting that is. She's seeking to put that. Trust in the Lord is going to make a difference in that young gal's life. We go on to verse 7. Don't be proud, but fear the Lord. Honor the, the, Be not wise in your own eyes. Don't be proud, but fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Why? Because we want to be wise guys, but we don't want to be proud about it, as I gave the illustration from somebody who wrote me a couple weeks ago. We need to be humble, wise guys. Humble, wise Many verses, again, that, that talk about it in the book. 3.5. Don't lean on your own understanding. If you do that, that's pride. 8.13. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance in the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. 11.2. When pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with the humble is wisdom. As I was reading Proverbs 16 this morning, Proverbs 16, 18 through 19 talk about pride. Interesting. It's all through this scripture. And then he says, but fear the Lord. In contrast, don't be wise in your own eye, but fear the Lord. Walk in humility with him. That awe and that reverence, that respect for the Lord, 19 times in the book of Proverbs. Fear the Lord or fear the 
fear of the Lord or fear of the Lord is in the book of Proverbs. I'm working on this. You've had me read this. I'll share. Um, go to the next slide if you would. This quote by Merrill Unger. I'm trying to memorize this because this is so good. This fear dreads God's displeasure. It desires His favor. It reveres His holiness. It submits cheerfully to His will. Is grateful for His benefits. Sincerely worships Him, and consciously, conscientiously obeys His commandments. That's so good. The fear of the Lord, having this reverence and awe for Him and respect for Him, that He is God, and it moves my life to follow Him in all the areas that are given up there for us. Fear of the Lord's in sixteen, chapter sixteen, verse six. And I told you, I'm going to show you some places in 16 that mirror what's in chapter 3. Verse 9, I put it this way. Don't be selfish, but honor the Lord with your wealth. It's a stewardship principle. You know this. Selfishness with God and others never gets you ahead. Never. Selfishness with God and with others will never get you Holding on benefits no one. But giving out shows that we love the Lord and people. And he says, honor the Lord with your wealth. With what God has provided for you. And it belongs to God anyway, right? And he says here, honor the Lord with your wealth and your produce, as he says, for us, our wealth, what we have, with the first fruits of all your produce. talk about stewardship, as we talk about giving and honoring Him and giving back to Him, I want to just thank you for your faithful giving here at Majestic. You are a great giving congregation. It's a joy to see that. And for many of you, you honor this from the first fruits because the first Sunday offering is always much larger than other Sunday offerings. Many of you have taken that principle and said, I'm going to give to the Lord first. And I know sometimes, you know, we forget. It doesn't get done. I understand that. Sometimes we have, it happens to us. The first comes up a little bit quicker than the first. First of the month, right? And so sometimes, you know, yeah, we give on the second Sunday of the month too. We understand how that works. But, but as I look at you, and, and I don't know what you give, but, but I know because I, see, I give the, get the figures. And like last week, $20,000 was given. Or the first Sunday, $20,000 was given to our general fund. The next week, 9000 was given. You're practicing what it says here. I want to encourage you. Give first. Give first. Because then you won't have to worry at the end of the month whether you can give or not. Trust Him. Malachi 3. He'll provide. He said He would. If you honor Him in that. The blessing that comes. Thank you for your faithful giving. Now, you haven't given your produce lately. I understand that. Okay. Understand the context of this. But what with what we have, you're, you're working hard to be faithful. I want to honor you and thank you for that. And then in verse number uh, 11, I put it this way. Don't despise, but learn from the Lord's discipline. Anybody here ever hidden their sin? Oh, you're not raising your hand real quick on that one. <laughs> of course you have. We've all done it. 
We've all hidden our sin at some point. Oh, if I just don't get caught. Mm, I've done it. I got caught a few times too, all right? I remember time time about 21, my mom caught me really, really good. Thought you were playing, thought you were playing golf. And no, I was with my girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, glad you've never done that. At least you'd never use that excuse probably, right? We've all done it. Whether we got caught or not. He says in this passage, don't despise the Lord's discipline. When it comes, when he says to you, what you've done is wrong, and this is the way I'm going to go because I want to help you. I want to help you move closer to me, and I want to show you my love because if I don't discipline you, I don't love you. I mean, verse 12 tells us that. Verse Hebrews chapter 12 tells us that. That if a father doesn't discipline his son and help him grow and move more toward how he should go and toward the Lord, he doesn't love him. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves, verse 12, and is a father of the son in whom he delights. And we know that as parents and as grandparents. It's not easy, not fun, but we want them to do that which is right. And in our life, as our parents disciplined us, we see and we recognize they loved us because they wanted us to make the right decisions that would bring honor to him and honor to ourselves and honor to our family. See, his discipline is a sure sign of his love and his care. He wants our attention. And he wants to help us remember his teaching, better embrace his love, trust him more often, fear him, honor him with our wealth, the things that we just went through, to help us be more like Christ. As one of my books as I was reading says, come clean with God. The Father longs to be in right relationship. Well, as we look at those, verse 1, verse 3, verse 5, verse 7, verse 9, verse 11, we see those commands. And then he, he gives verses. You notice I didn't cover verse 2, 4, 6, 8, 10. Who do we appreciate or something like that, right? I didn't cover those because those are his blessings. Those are the things that are going to happen when we do what he gives to us in 1, 3, 5, 7, 9. You all are mighty fine, right? What is it going to happen? What are the blessings that come our way? Verse 1. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Now, I made this statement in the first sermon. One commentator said, In the book of Proverbs, there are promises, but we probably need to think principles over promises. Because here's a principle. Does everybody live a long life because they obey Jesus? No. No. It's not a promise. But it's a principle. That if we will honor Him and do what He asks us to do, that life can be ours. He can lengthen our days. He may not discipline us, because sometimes His discipline means He takes our life. I have a friend whose father passed away, and he really believed that the reason his dad passed away is because of his sin. He'd claimed to do this, and then he'd walked away from it. And in his heart, as a son, he loved his dad, but he really felt like his death came because he was not living for Jesus Christ. He was a hypocrite. I think we have to see verse 2 as a principle rather than a promise. Seriously, Keith Green, 28 years old. Incredibly musician. No compromise. Lived it out. Jim Elliott, 28. 
gave his life, 1956. The Aka Indians, martyred with the other five men. Gates of, through Gates of Splendor, the end of the spear. Blaise Pascal, I was reminded about Blaise Pascal, French philosopher, man who came to Christ. Um, we just had friends from France, our missionary friends from France here. Matter of fact, I met another man up in the general convention this week, Colby. He's in Bayfield down south. He was a missionary in France, got a chance to talk to him, and they did much the same thing in Paris. They would take tours and use the tours to help the French people understand that, that God has been a part of their lives, even though they've rejected him in many ways in their country. Blaise Pascal is the one who said, there's a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every person that can never be filled by any created thing. It can only be filled by God made known through Jesus Christ. Died at 39 made a great impact on the French people. But I do know this, that if you will obey God's command, you can't add to your days just by being in better health. And if you obey the Lord's commands, you will experience less of His discipline and that it couldn't give you more days in your life. Verse 4, what's the reward, the blessing for, let, for keeping steadfast love and faithfulness to us? You'll find favor and good success in the sight of God in man. I put it this way, good success is God's success. Whatever that means to him and for you, we know that. Good success means you'll have God's success. This is what God wants for you and his favor. I was thinking about that word favor. I was thinking about those, those verses. First uh, Samuel, where it speaks of, their, of Samuel and it says, and Samuel, the boy, Samuel continued to grow both in stature and in favor with God and man. And we find that almost same word of Jesus in Luke 2.52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. I got a feeling when, when Luke was writing that, he knew what was in 1 Samuel chapter 2. He knew it enough well enough to be able to say, this is Jesus. He was, well, he was way more than Samuel, of course. But... He recognized what was written of him, and he could take that and he could say, of Jesus. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. That's what will happen with us as we seek to follow him. It goes on in chapter five, or verses 3, 5, and 6, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean on your understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him. And what? He'll make your path straight. I've called this guidance. He will give guidance to you. I think that's a promise. Not just a principle. That's a promise. He says, this will happen if you'll do these three things. Trust in me. Don't get hung up on yourself. Acknowledge me in everything you got. Know me in everything you got. Submit to me in everything. Keep everything I've given to you. And I will make your path straight. He's going to say later in Proverbs, don't swerve. Don't go to the left or to the right. Stay on the path. I will direct you. I will give you guidance. Going on. If we're not wise in our own eyes, we fear the Lord and turn away from evil, it'll be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. I call this spiritual health. Humility and fearing the Lord will keep us from sin and evil. And that will bring spiritual health to our lives. But evil and sin will bring hurt to our lives. Do we want help for our lives? Do we want help for our lives? <laughs> Do we want hurt for our lives? No. So, don't be proud. Put the Lord where he needs to be in your life. Fear him, and he will help you to avoid evil. Going on. Honor the Lord with your wealth 
and with the first fruits of all your produce, then your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will be bursting with wine. Is that true for everybody? Y'all rich? Well, in some ways, yes, compared to the world. But again, I think this is a principle. I will provide for you. If you'll do these things, you honor me with your wealth, I will provide for you. Maybe it's like, kind of like in the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. He does, and we're grateful for that. The provision that comes by following him and staying and doing what he wants us to do. Keep going. Verse 12, a result, a blessing. A reward for the Lord reproves him who he loves. As a father, the son whom he loves will experience his love. Even in the midst of discipline for our sin, we experience his love and what he has for us. Now, verses 13 through 18 says, Blessed is the one who finds wisdom over my... In the ESV, get a little title there. So keep continue on. Hear the blessings. Hear the rewards for following him and doing and trusting in him as, a, as the, the main thing. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. You're blessed. And then he goes on to say, this is what you'll gain by getting wisdom. How are you going to get wisdom? You're going to trust in the Lord and wisdom will come to you. For the gain from her is better than grain. I said that reading it earlier too. Than gain from silver and her profit better than gold. She's more precious than jewels. Wisdom, again, the Hebrew noun in the feminine. She, wisdom, is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Wisdom, much more valuable than your 401k, which is taking a beating right now. Much more important than that. You see, precious jewels can look good, but wisdom can help you do good. They look good. Some of you like them. Some of you are women. That's valuable to you. But wisdom will help you do good. God's good. The value that's there. The blessing that comes from having that. Keep going on. Life and honor in verse 16. Let's call this real life. Let's call this life real life. Not just physical life, real life in God. Life that God uses to make a difference. A life that brings honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 17, her ways, the ways of wisdom, are ways of pleasantness. And all our paths are peace. We can have peace in the the good and the bad and the difficulty of life and in the good times of life. It comes our way in this sense of pleasantness that God is with us and he's directing our life. And then he finishes, she, wisdom, is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her, those who hold her fast called blessed. See, wisdom brings real life to those who embrace her and hold fast to her. And wisdom brings the Lord's blessing to those who trust the Lord with all their heart and hold fast to Him. Let's try to wrap it up. Land the plane, Pastor. So what do you need to turn over to the Lord to completely trust Him? What's God speaking to you about now that's in your heart and you say, Lord, I, I trust you, but, but the Lord's saying, no, you, you've got this little thing here that you need to turn over to me. I put the cover up there for Keith Green's no compromise because that's what trust the Lord means, no compromise. I'm going to follow him no matter what. I do it with all my heart. What 
is it you need to turn over? What is it I need to turn over to the Lord that would say, I completely trust you? Is it your work? Your finances? Issues of holiness in your life? Something that we've placed above him that he's saying, you, you really don't trust me with all your heart. You're, you're on the right road, but we still have these things we need to work on. Well, he's going to keep showing us those things. Why? Because he loves us and he wants us to become Christ-reliant rather than self-reliant. And that's that's the ask. That's the, the ask of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Be reliant on me and not yourself. Let's take those things to the Lord. Let's just take a moment and receive. Those things that the Lord has, has shown you or that thing, just take it to Him right now. In the quietness of your heart, offer it up to Him. Take it off your shoulders and put it on his shoulders. He's big enough to handle it. Father, you know what we struggle with. you knew those same struggles while here. In all areas, tempted as we are, yet without sin. You know the battles that we face. They're real. And so we give them to you. Peter tells us to cast all our cares upon you. Why? Because you care for to trust you with all our heart. So we offer up these things